we're back after finally finally <laughs> finally actually no it's not been that long uh when did we record last uh a week ago, a week and a bit ago uh yeah it's not that bad oh man you know what i want to do i wanted to start this episode with uh ah uh, god you know that song uh fortunate son oh yeah oh yeah i think i have to <laughs> <laughs> Just have to. Can you can, can you hear that? Yeah, I can. <laughs> well, people get the point anyway. That's ah, I forgot to do that. Forgot forgot to mention it. Um. So yeah. Uh. This week's topic. Well, it was supposed to be like last week's topic, and then last the week before that as well. But we kind of put it off due to some other circumstances. Uh. But we wanted to talk about. Uh, the military, and I think it's the necessity of the military in general. Do we need one in the modern age? Um, and I think what really spurred this topic was uh, the, the talk, Mr. Trump down south, uh, debating about putting troops at the, <laughs> at the the Canadian-American border. And you're like, wow, you know what? <laughs> we should really get on this topic because... Uh, it's kind of uh, relevant right now uh, with all this discussion. Yeah, uh, and not only that, I think it's a very important topic to touch upon, especially with the um, let's let's put it bl- bluntly, war is seemingly or it's get growing to be irrelevant. So it's like starving to stay relevant i would say like they're is it is it though <laughs> no i mean like i mean the the it's being pushed by um politicians in order to uh stay uh relevant because uh as i think some statistics the world has never been a more peaceful place peaceful yeah that is true no denying that. Is that is that like a? I don't know how would they how well actually I guess you could judge that by the amount of you know conflicts being fought uh, in any given uh, amount of years. But yeah, at the same time, the I think the the market for uh, you know weapons and just the the whole martial uh, market in general. It's still a multi-billion-dollar industry. I mean, the gun industry is huge, the weapon industry is huge, and those, you know, the companies that make weapons, like, uh, like I don't know, Colt, they they still make millions of dollars just by selling their products to, you know, the American military, or even who knows, you know, going onto the market and uh, supplying weapons to militant groups in places uh, like the Middle East. Or even Africa, you know these these uh, these troubled areas uh, with the conflicts going on. So war might be irrelevant to war in I think the traditional sense, where it's like country against country, nation against nation. Uh, but you know, conflict in general, um, you know, armed conflict between uh, let's say one group and another group, it's still very much a thing. And let's be honest. It, it's probably gonna be like that until the end of time. <laughs> I mean, conflict. I think 
isn't gonna go away. Sorry, I think it's being pushed by one source, though. It's not really being. Um, it's not really something that, um, like, is. It's it's only pushed by those in power in order to stay in power, basically. That, and that's why the uh, the NRA exists. That's why the gun lobbyists are a multi-million dollar industry. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there there is uh, a significant uh, portion of politicians who do push for it. Um, you know, just to stay in power. I mean, fear mongering is a thing. Um, a lot of presidents uh, who will not be named have sort of made their presidency or retained their presidency just based on uh, sort of inciting the public to you know support conflicts overseas. And uh, that's for sure. Um, but uh, what I'm trying to say is um, conflict between humans, you know, between groups, this, this mindset, I doubt it's going to go away anytime soon. Um, humans are very strange species we are very um disagreeing species even though it is true it is very true that the world today is a lot more peaceful and i think we were a lot more peaceful than we were in the past uh but i don't i don't think that that's going to be overriding this um this um instinct we have to sort of knock heads with each other over the dumbest things so uh but yeah i don't i think this this is actually kind of veered away from the topic right now. Actually, no, it's, it's a good start. It's a good start to what we want to discuss. And like we said, uh, this is the necessity of keeping a military in the modern day and age. I know. I think to sort of start to properly on this on this topic, it's important to talk about the amount of money being put into the military industrial complex. Um, <laughs> United States. <laughs> Great ad, by the way. I'm sure some people may know what I'm talking about here. And I think I've told you about this too. There was this great ad. I forgot who it was by. Um, there's this there's this dude and he's in a warehouse. I think it's a warehouse. And he starts sort of uh, unfurling these bills uh, to sort of represent the amount the United States spends on different uh, industries. And the longest one is, you could probably guess, uh, the military. <laughs> and he puts like down like $1 to represent, I think it was um, uh, charitable aid, I think. I can't remember. But it was, it was pretty funny and sad at the same time. I'm not sure if you've seen that one. But I know I've told you about it. Yeah, I think... It it goes without saying that um, the biggest arms dealer in the world is the United States military, and that's uh, that's basically it, it. And it gets kind of like going back to the history of human beings as a whole. Um, the first conflict, Cain versus Abel. Mm. Biblically speaking, well, well okay, fine. biblically as in <laughs> religiously speaking, <laughs> but, but I mean, like, he, human beings are not uh, perfect uh, 
people like in a perfect world uh you could argue that um wars wouldn't be needed but human mm-hmm. beings are not perfect in any sense and right. uh i'd say that in the current state this is kind of my point like um the necessity of mili- there is a necessity of military in the current state of the world because um <laughs> the human beings are uh, very you know there there's greed there's uh, a lot of power hungry individuals out there and uh, in order to basically protect yourself against or protect a nation against one another you you have to kind of have a military right but, i think yeah but then again when it comes to the united states and their exorbitant spending on the military i think there has to be a there has to draw a line where uh it's the, or the box stops basically yeah like i when it when your country is basically fueling proxy wars in different uh continents around the globe uh, there's a problem mm. to say, uh, simple to put let's put it simple here uh, it's basically you remember, your, yeah you remember that uh that video food fight yeah yeah and then i think it was uh uh where they had uh, the american hamburger and uh i don't know what the the name of the the Russian sandwich was so. If any Russians out there, please, and who have watched that video, let us know. Um, and the, so they had that like the 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 American hamburger and the, like the Russian sandwich, sort of facing down each other in a, like this representation of the Cold War, and they each kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Do you, do you remember that that I think part? It was beef stroganoff, not a Russian sandwich. I have no idea what it was, but I, it, was, it, was, it was supposed to re- represent the Soviet Union. Yeah. And it was like, they're each getting bigger and bigger until they like stop. And then they just like, like backed away from each other. But like when, when you mentioned like all the, the, the American spending, the, the exorbitant spending on, you know, the military industrial complex. It's like, I don't think, I don't think that that burger stopped getting bigger. No. It's 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 still going. <laughs> I mean, they they put they put billions and billions of dollars into the military, into like researching technology and just like maintaining. I mean, how many military bases do they have around the world? There's an interesting image that was circulating online. Um, if you look at Iran, mm. where Iran is, no, sorry. And then look at all the placements of the military bases in the area. They're basically circulating or encapsulating Iran. Iran, yeah. (laughs) It's quite funny. (laughs) You have uh, so many in Saudi Arabia. There's one in uh, Qatar. There's one in uh, Iraq. A couple, more than one. There's like maybe a couple in Iraq. In Afghanistan, yeah. So there's, there's oh yeah, some... they're, they're <laughs> everywhere. Do you remember that that meme I sent you, the the SpongeBob one? It's like, uh, it was based off an episode where where Squidward actually he when he eats a Krabby Patty for the first time and he enjoys it, but he he doesn't want to tell SpongeBob, so he kind of 
sort of hides his craving from SpongeBob and everyone else. And that meme is just like based off that one scene where where uh, SpongeBob like catches Squidward eating Krabby Patties. And it's the the meme is like uh, 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 Squidward's supposed to be America, and uh, SpongeBob is basically the rest of the world. And it's like you like imperialism, don't you, America? (laughs) 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 So they, they, I mean, they have bases. uh, I would say in the troubled parts of the world. I can't think of... Uh, They have it everywhere. Everywhere, right? I mean... mm. Even during this um, coronavirus pandemic, um, I think the base in Guam is actually at risk of being um, quarantined. Is it? believe so it's either a base or a ship i think it's a ship oh yeah the, let's, let's not forget let's not forget the navy the navy is everywhere <laughs> i mean they, the navy the u.s navy has the power to like go to any country actually yeah the u.s navy is um the navy seals anyway are one of the, the strongest toughest military force in the world uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not too. Uh, that or the tune. British Marines. <laughs> I'm not too in tune with that stuff. So, I know. I know SEAL Team Six is like a big deal. I'm not. I'm not a huge military mojo, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I know the British Marines and the Navy SEALs are one of the top. That's what I do know. The British Marines. Yeah, the British. I Marines. thought it would be like the SAS or something. Oh, the British Marines are pretty pretty up there. Are the they? Royal Marines. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought. I thought uh, Britain's uh, premier fighting force would be like the SAS. Yeah, the Royal Marines are uh, one of their like, special forces. Life. I thought the SAS was like their their yeah, you know their special. light light <laughs> infantry. Sorry, not not special forces. My mistake. I, I thought. <laughs> so I, I would think the the Royal Marines are like the equivalent of the US Marines. Yeah. You know? Sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> digressions here but uh, uh yeah uh where, where were we yeah so like the u.s has the biggest navy in the world uh <laughs> ironic because uh, no no sas is actually the equivalent of the cia uh wouldn't that be the uh um what's the MI6. british secret mi6 yeah mi6 that's that's james that's, bond basically that- <laughs> What's what's the, the oh my god uh, I know we, we shouldn't be digressing here but I'm curious now what what is the is it is it MI6 what's the actual British um, secret uh, intelligence secret it's intelligence service oh it's S S I was talking about the SAS SAS I forgot what the abbreviation stands for but they're like that's their air regiment. They're pretty. Uh, they're uh, like commandos, basically. They're pretty big too. Who dares wins is their motto. Very famous. <laughs> wait, so wait. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. They're <laughs> before we get back on topic. They're their uh, secret uh, intelligence services, the SIS. Yeah, MI six. Really? Yeah. That's why I was confused because uh, James Bond is part of the SIS, and I'm like. 
wait a minute. Isn't he MI6? <laughs> yeah, MI6 is SIS. I, did, I didn't know that. So they have the SIS and the SAS. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of confusing, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, so, yeah. really huge digression. <laughs> huge digression. But yeah, back, back to the topic at hand. At hand. Um, oh God, where were we? Uh, oh, look at this. Current conflict, largest, not one of the largest, but um, one of the lo- biggest, bigger, minor wars, the Mexican-Mexo-American drug war. The war on drugs and the war on terror. People uh, are disgusted with all yeah. that stuff. <laughs> the, the three biggest conflicts, current ongoing conflicts, Afghanistan, Yemen, mm-hmm. Syria. Oh Yemen. man, all that, that's still, that's right, that's still going on. I, I wonder, I, I know we're digressing here again, but... You got to think how bad uh, that would be, with the, especially with the coronavirus pandemic going on. Oh, yeah. Actually, I heard that Syria has two cases and uh, like uh, they can. Yeah, they're. Yeah, they they don't they cannot afford one case, really. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> another strike. <laughs> That's like three in a row, but <laughs> interesting. It's no. It's interesting to think about. It, it's hard to talk about this when, it, especially when it branches off into like so many different uh, topics you can discuss. But yeah, um, where were we when we last left off on the actual topic? Um, the power, the U.S. military ever increasing. So actually, right. ever right. since the Cold War, if you think about it, when the Cold War ended no it didn't it never did it well it kind of it it's weird it kind of ended War, abruptly uh when the soviet union collapsed right with afghanistan that was the last sort of the real the real last conflict and then yeah. of course uh the soviet union collapsed and but then america's sorry but then but then after it's weird when the soviet union collapsed in 1991 1991, yes, the year mm-hmm. I was born. Boom. Gulf War I suddenly hits. Right. What a coincidence. <laughs> or is it? Is it all planned? Does everyone get a piece of the cake? Is this all some underhand uh, dealing? Say, like, hey guys, let's all get into an armed conflict and then we all profit. <laughs> Conspiracy theories. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's funny. Uh, my dad was telling me British workers for um, Rolls-Royce were actually making jet engines in Qatar during the Gulf War. The first. Oh time. yeah. Yeah. I know. I know Rolls-Royce. Uh, that they've been making uh, jet engines for quite yeah. some time. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's interesting to know that uh, that they were actually assigned to um, the Middle East. <laughs> crazy uh, geopolitics how uh, local or not local I guess no local British industry affects um, geopolitics mm. I mean that would that's typically how it goes right um, when okay. war breaks it's out 
it's like uh, the government gets these uh, these companies to manufacture things for them. So like like Rolls Royce, the automotive industry, they would probably be manufacturing like uh, uh, jet engines and tanks and whatnot. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, like when conflict breaks out, that they have you know this the the market the economy sort of uh, diverted to, to like fuel this you know this war engine so we can you know get going and fight the enemy. But you know you gotta you gotta think you know in, in this day and age like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast where it, it is a safer world. and of course this is us this is me trying to bring us back to you know our initial question. Though. You know, ha- is having a military necess- you know, necessary uh, in this day and age? And you know, do we need to be spending so much? And I think you answered no. We shouldn't be. Need- uh, we shouldn't have that need. You know, to yeah. be spending millions and billions of dollars on a military. But as I think a lot of people know, and a lot of people who have sort of studied, uh, uh, I don't want to say history. But it's more, uh, oh God, uh, what's the field of study I'm looking for here? Uh, and anthropology, the study of sociology, sociology, any kind of field really that that pertains to human behavior, human culture, and um, you know just the civilization in general. Uh, the trends of civilization, I guess, would be uh, the optimal way to describe it. So, like people who have studied that. You know, like, while I think there has been an upward trend in sort of human behavior and how we interact with each other, uh, tongue-tied, how we interact with each other, but I think all it takes is something, an event on a massive scale. Say, like, you know, like this COVID-19 pandemic, if it were to be a lot worse... Like, if the disease were to be very, very, very deadly in, in that its, its, um, its fatality rate is just crippling to economies and uh, populations worldwide, then it's like, it's like that line from, I think, uh, the dark. Did I, did I say this the last podcast, too? I swear I did. I think uh, so. The line from... The Dark Knight, where, you, uh, where where Joker says, um, uh, "Oh God, I, 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 I can't remember it." <laughs> Deja vu. The same thing happened last episode too. But he says something along the lines of, uh, "These civilized people will eat, eat each other. The chips are down." And it, it's true to some extent. And I'm not saying uh, the Dark Knight is prophetic in any way because I'm not that kind of cringy person to say, oh my God, look at this movie. It's so far ahead of its time. Uh, but it, it does have a point. And all it takes is a nasty event on such a sort of prodigious scale to sort of shift, you know, the paradigm of thinking to, you know, like, oh, we're all, we're all in this together, uh, you know, global village kind of thing to, you know, every man for himself. Uh, Earth is now a mosh pit, like it, like it was a thousand <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so all, all it takes is that, you know, one event, and all, all of a sudden, uh, we're, we're not exactly back in the Stone Age, but we're along the lines of... Uh, um, uh, <laughs> 
I was going to say Age of Empires, but <laughs> Total War, you know, uh, we're, we're all for, you know, hoarding the resources to ourselves and protecting our own people. And all of a sudden, you know, we're back in that sort of tribal way of thinking. So while it's true to a certain extent, I know I'm going on here without letting you speak, but I just have, I just have to say this. Um, I know it's true to a certain extent that we have to be cautious with military spending, especially in this day and age where we don't need it as much as we did at one time. But uh, not to be pessimistic here, uh, there may come a time where we will need to resort to force. And I think uh, we brought up the uh, the Oka crisis last time too, where the military was needed to, you know, um, to to be brought in to sort of um, stabilize the the region. So there is a need, and these things do pop up from time to time. But the degree to what we spend on it is definitely debatable. Like we shouldn't be spending millions and millions of dollars. Oh my god, I need a drink of water. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can. You can uh, make your point now. If you think about it, uh, even like when when countries don't spend on the military, uh, take in the case of uh, Japan post World War Two, they were actually they had to sign that agreement um, to basically relinquish all their um, not not standing army but um aggressive force that they had to relinquish all their aggressive uh military uh forces uh yeah. in order like uh basically as a truce for world war Two, and uh they did and uh look where they are now now the united states is basically always on their tail sort of watching them like a big brother do we really want that? Like with with Korea so close to Japan, North Korea, I mean, not South. Uh, do does do we want America constantly on like the, like as Big Brother for Japan, always after Japan, or hmm. do we want Japan to look after its own affairs? Uh, I mean, it makes sense for like smaller countries like uh, Qatar or Sri Lanka, uh, where their military, the force is very like you can't, you can't uh, basically fight another nation with, uh, or you can't defend against another nation with um, a small army like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for a country like Japan's size, I think they need a defending force at least. Uh, don't don't they uh, have one? They do. They oh. do have a standing army, but I think they need. They don't have like more... a any, or they're not allowed to um, have any military like an off- offensive capability or something yeah, like that. Yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, which is, in a way, it's good, but at the same time, if you think about it, if. A country retaliates against them. Can they fight back? With in there, like, can they go to the opposing lands and launch an attack against them? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. 
in their current <laughs> I state. don't know actually. <laughs> is there is there some uh some rules in place? I am pretty sure there are preventing them. Well, they have, they have the uh Japanese self defense force, but that's about it. They can only yeah. uh defend in Japan. You know what's interesting? Uh this is going to be another huge digression. I love how how harsh uh the the sort of um these indictments against uh Japan were as compared to like uh Germany. Oh, for sure. Oh my it's god. Like... It's totally one-sided. You need, you know you know what it is? It's just like America has just like had their ego like hurt by Bruce. Japan by Japan attacking Pearl Harbor. Screw you guys. You're not getting any more offensive military capabilities to attack us ever again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's not... I think in the, in that case, Japan went a bit crazy. They were uh, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, in a case where they were attacked, they are attacked by North Korea, are they just supposed to just sit back and wait until North Korea comes to them? Or... Uh... No idea. That's a good question. I'm pretty sure um, there's got to be like a clause in that. Yeah. In in these rules somewhere saying you can sort of fight uh, a offensive campaign if you are are attacked. Here we go. Article 9 of the Japanese Constitution. Aspiring sincerely to an international peace based on justice and order, the Japanese people forever renounce war as a sovereign right of the nation and the threat or use of force as means of settling international disputes. In order to accomplish the aim of the preceding paragraph, land, sea, and air forces, as well as another war potential, will never be maintained. The right of the belligerency of the state will not be recognized. So, so they won't fight. They won't fight back. Is that what it's saying? I I, th- I assume so. It's like yeah, just just come and, like you know uses us as a punching bag. We'll take it. <laughs> I, but I, I think I think they're acting on this uh, assumption that uh, the UN, yeah, the US will come and intervene, which is yeah. which is a pretty a pretty fair uh, assumption to make. Assumption, I mean, yeah, in, in this world we have today, you know, we have the, the sort of uh, this global village mental- mentality where everyone is connected and everyone has uh, a right to sort of complain <laughs> to other countries. Hey, this guy is poking with the stick. Tom, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, uh, we uh, see that. Uh, transgressed or uh, not looked at in certain cases in uh, the Middle East, uh, Palestine. Uh, you know, oh, <laughs> and it's and it's funny. The United States is behind the IDF too. So and the, and they're basically just turning by blind eye, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially, uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's another a, topic. For that's a debate for another time, right? <laughs> we could open the uh, um, Pandora's box with basically. that the can of worms, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I wanted to say because uh, you mentioned, um, and it had me thinking. Uh, I think you know you would need some sort of fighting force if you are a country. Uh, that is sort of surrounded or next to another nation that's not very nice. I mean, let's say you're South Korea and you're in, <laughs> the neighbor on 
Uh, oh yeah, known to be a little uh, but not dry. So you, you're gonna you're gonna want to have some sort of you know uh, safety net in case they decide to go completely bonkers and launch an attack against you. Because let's face it, we can't all trust each other here. Despite despite uh, what we like to think about um, everyone sort of being better. Well, like we said, it is true to a certain extent. But at the same time, you can't really trust the guy next to you. Um, you don't know what he's thinking. And of course, we of course we should try and assume the best of everyone. But as some leaders of countries have shown, and some countries themselves have shown, they don't want to be a part of the global community. Um they don't want anything to do with the UN and which is which is fine i guess not everyone wants yeah. to be involved in any you know uh, global affairs yeah and Especially- it's 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 fair it's fair to say you know just leave us alone let us do our own thing but uh, as we have seen in the past and of course we always have looked to the past in order to prevent uh, history from repeating itself yeah you know, when when these leaders are left unchecked, uh, they do tend to go off the deep end. Yeah. Right. And, you know, this leads to uh, world wars and uh, invasions of other countries and even insurgencies within, you know, a troubled country where one group is uh, funding certain other groups to fight, you know, proxy <coughs> wars. And, <laughs> and when, when not... <laughs> so it's it's kind of a it's a fine it's it's a fine uh, line to be walking on with the whole military thing on one hand you know we shouldn't be spending so much uh, you know billions of dollars on uh weapons and tech uh you know weapon tech when we have so many problems even in you know first world countries with you know homelessness and um I know healthcare problems. We should be putting uh, money towards that, but at the same time, you just never know when the next Adolf Hitler is going to come around and uh, decide to invade Poland again. So, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you just never know. And like I said, all it takes is you know that that one harrowing event, you know, a plague or a huge national. Uh, uh, not national, natural disaster that uh, that affects everyone worldwide, and all of a sudden, we're going to be staring down the barrel of a gun. And as as pessimistic as it sounds, I think there is a degree of real uh, realism to that. Where you know, when a, when push comes to shove, people are going to fight each other. It's inevitable. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's pretty much standard in this day and age. Uh, we can. I don't know. We could say that even in the case with um, I, 2020 has been such a year. I started with right. Iran, by the way. <laughs> What's you, next? What's coming in April? <laughs> <laughs> like, started with General Soleimani in January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like oh, man. Everyone, everyone thought, that's it, man. World War Three is coming. <laughs> You you can't trust 
what the United States would do, or you can't trust exactly. what Iran would do. Exactly, right? <laughs> so. you, you don't know, and a lot of people because because of that. Because uh, a, of course, we know the Iranians are kind of crazy <laughs> in regards to some something. Uh, but on the other, on the other hand, it's like, yeah, it's true, very true that uh, the guy. Uh, uh, Soleimani, he uh, was behind a lot of um, disgusting things. Um, but at the same time, for the U.S. to go in and do that, right? Yeah, it's like a violation of a uh, nation's sovereignty, isn't it? I think was one of the arguments for pe- people were making. Yes, it's true. The guy, what the guy, the guy's done. Uh, you know, he's done some bad things, and you can argue that. Uh, in a certain sense, he's a terrorist. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> but but, um, but at the same time, what gives? You know, what gave them the right? Didn't we talk about this? <laughs> I feel like we did. I think we did, <laughs> right? And we asked the same questions, like you know what? But you know what gave them the right to go in and do that? You know, and if they can do that, anyone else can do that. And if someone else did that, you know, other than the U.S., like like say, let's say you know the the script was flipped, and. Uh, Iran assassinated. Uh, uh, What's his name? Um, the VP. The VP. Mike Pence. Is it? Is it Mike Pence? Yeah, Mike Pence. Pretty much. Let, 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 let's Secretary, say. Let's say. You know, the Iranians did. Defense. No. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Esper. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> we're not American, clearly. No, but, we're not. <laughs> But yeah, imagine if the uh, Iran launched like yeah. a counterattack against him, <laughs> right? And th- there would be a, there would be a war right now. Uh, the U.S. would be um, invading Iran, and people would get drawn. Other countries would, would get drawn into that, uh, and <laughs> we'd have a, have a global conflict. And all of a sudden, the military is relevant. So you, you just don't know. Uh, I think that's exactly. that's the point. The point I was trying to get. The point we were trying to get to is that you just don't know. Um, and- but what do you see, you know what the world leaders are doing <laughs> what these politicians are doing <laughs> yeah and it, it's funny uh uh when are when's the next us election november november right and people are saying this is just like a bid for trump to say you know gain some uh, ground for you know the november election that hey look at me i took out uh, the terrorists in, in the middle east but it's, it's like you said at the beginning. It's like war is pushed by certain politicians uh, in order for it to stay relevant. Because I I know there is probably some sort of economic motivation behind that that killing, uh, aside from the political ones and the moral ones that certain people want to stand by. But you know, uh, <laughs> you, you. I mean, I'm not saying this is this actually happened, but. You know, there could have been some underhand agreement. Again, this is a conspiracy talk, but it's really fun to think about. Um, you know, there could have been some on-the-table agreements with certain companies where Trump's like, hey, listen, when we go to war with Iran, Iran, notice I said Iran, um, <laughs> when we go to war with Iran, um, you will get, you know, this contract to produce that, and you will get this contract to produce that, and, you know, this is the amount you're going to be getting. So, we as the citizens don't know what's going on, <laughs> and of course, of course, this all ties into you know, is it you know, do we need to keep military? Because 
again, do we need to be prepared, right, for certain situations like this? Because you just never, you don't know. Of course, you can say that, you know, if these morons weren't running the country and they weren't doing these kinds of things. But then again, you don't know what your neighbor is up to, right? You're the not trying to be um, uh, suspicious of anyone, but you, you just don't know what you know the the country next to you is up to, or the country the country the next leader, uh, you know what he's what he's playing for in the election. It, it's it's kind of hard to tell, right? Yeah, but politicians and stuff. <laughs> it's funny how this is all going back to politicians. We yeah. we, we all <laughs> we all we all hate politicians, don't we? <laughs> The monarchy. <laughs> Restoration time. <laughs> but it's interesting. We actually never talked about the uh, human side. I know in that video video you posted where the veteran was experiencing... Uh, oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. This is a must, and we will get to that right now. Uh, if only we could somehow show this to everyone, but we can't. Uh, I suppose we can put a link to the description in the podcast. Yeah, uh, but uh, why don't you go ahead and sort of uh, give a rundown of what that that uh, video I sent you guys was about? So essentially, uh, the veteran was talking about his experience in uh, was it Afghanistan, Vietnam, uh, Vietnam. Vietnam. Well, the, the first two at least were, were Vietnam. Nam, yeah, Nam, 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 <laughs> Napalm. <laughs> but yeah, he was saying that how. They're trained to kill, quote-unquote, targets. And uh, real people were treated like uh, basically slaughter. And it was basically them versus everyone else. Yeah. Which, is, which is interesting. They're, they're taught in the military then to, um, to not see human beings as human beings. To see them as basically animals. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is kind of... It goes against everything that uh, we were created to do, right? Mm-hmm. Other, like, human beings are supposed to see each other as dignified human beings. Whereas, uh, and you can see why this guy was having traumatic PTSD, because never in his life would he have thought to, you know, mow down human human innocent Maybe not innocent, but uh, there were there were some innocent. There were some opposing soldiers. Uh, never, never in his life would he be, would he think to mow them down just like that. Right, you know? and the 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 guy who spoke after him uh, made a very good point that's sort of relevant to what you were saying. Uh, he says, um, uh, trying to remember the ex- uh, the exact words. Um, he's like. There's a certain part of you, like you, these people are your enemy. That's what the the military tells you. But there's always a certain part of you deep down that has this regret that you know this was someone's son, this was someone's brother, this was someone's husband. Right? That's always there. And you know, part of that training that they get is sort of suppress that. And as the first guy um, said, it's like they're there. You know, you got to you got to think of them not as people, but as uh, silhouettes. That's that's what he said. His exact words. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a great video, by the way. And I just want to sort of uh, go off topic here and say this: um, if you haven't watched it, to anyone listening, you should uh, go ahead and uh, watch it. 
I forgot who made it. I think it was Vox. I think it was Vox. Yeah, yeah, Vox. Is I can't, I can't, can't say for certain. But it's a great video. It's basically uh, they interview a whole bunch of war veterans. I think um, from Vietnam all the way up to uh, uh, Desert Storm. I think it was. Operation and they, they, Desert Storm. They interview a whole bunch of uh, veterans and they ask them about like the first time they killed someone. And the uh, first person, the first gentleman they interviewed, there's this very, a very um, emotional uh, segment in that where he's sort of recounting the, the moment he had to take a life for the first time. And you could see the moment the PTSD hits. Yeah. And just like he, he like pauses and you could see it on his face. Like he's just like, he's living that moment again. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's seeing um, that moment where he had to shoot someone for the first time. And it's, yeah. it, it's quite, it's quite sad. And as much as we want to do away with these things and you know, in, a, in an ideal world, you know, there wouldn't be conflict because of not just the economic toll it takes and the moral toll it takes on people as a whole. But if you look at it at the individual level, it's not, of course, when you look at soldiers, right? I know there's this, there's this a huge uh, movement that sort of demonizes everything about the military. And they have a point. I understand where they're coming from, right? Though they don't look as, at soldiers as, as heroes. And of course, there is a legitimate argument from their part that that is true. That, you know, these people, especially today's military, there's no conscription. Of course, the US has the draft, but there's no, you know, Hardcore conscription. I'll put a gun in your hand. Go and fight right, right now. Right? These yeah. people made a conscious choice to, you know, put on the uniform, pick up a rifle, and go and fight and kill other people. Right? So there's an argument to be made that you know they're not, which is what this this sort of anti-military uh, movement is is going on about. That and you know we shouldn't give them our empathy or sympathy. In any way, because you know they made that that decision to go and do it themselves. But I, I was I was thinking about it the other day, and it, you look at someone in a in a very tough, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't have a job, and I know I know a lot of people who I I remember reading this somewhere. Oh God, it's like uh, people who join the military they do it not necessarily. Because, you know, they see it as sort of civic duty. For some of them, it's it's what's going to pay the bills, right? It's They're going to get that college fund. Uh, they're going to get the money they need to start a family. And for a lot of people, that's, you know, that's the only option they have. Of course, you can say that, you know, why not go work in a factory or why not go do this? I mean, I'm not sure what the, what the salary is like for, um, let's say, I don't know, a U.S. Marine or whatnot. But it, it, I know they get decent benefits, and yeah. you know, those benefits are enough to attract uh, predominantly, you know, young men looking to start family, right? Yeah, exactly. They don't, you know, 
and a lot of a lot of them again they don't they don't join the military because they feel like they need to fly and i'm talking about the the american military in specific here you know they don't they they don't they don't because they don't need to feel ah, i'm getting very tongue-tied today so they don't they don't join the military because you know they feel this need to fly you know the red white and blue it's because they they feel like it's a necessity to survive right so when they go overseas and they kill i don't want to be too much of a a downer here but you know when they go when they go across Across the ocean, and they kill like uh, farmers and shepherds and fishermen in places like like Afghanistan. Yes, it, it's true to a certain extent where they don't deserve our sympathy because you know that's a decision they made. But at the same at the same time, at the same time, you know when I watched that video of those those veterans you know, talking about how they were sort of indoctrinated to do this, you do feel a sense of pity, right? Yeah, because because at the end of the day, you know, this is a person who did what they had to, right? In the in the case of a lot of uh, Vietnam War veterans, they were conscripts. They were pulled out of out of high school, out of college to go and fight a war that they didn't want. And when yeah. you compare them to you know the modern day recruits. It's it's a bit of a similar situation in a sense where uh, you know young men these days, and I I know they're young women too, but it's predominantly uh, young men. So these young men are sort of put in the situation. You know, they don't have a job. You know, there's no source of stable income for them, and if they don't find something, you know, they're going to be on the street. Yep. Right. And you know, the military is. A way out. It's a way to get certain benefits. It's a way to get money. It's a way to get a foundation for you to start your life with. And so it's it's kind of a tough call because the the American um, government spends billions and billions of dollars on um, arms and weapons and whatnot, but it it does provide. You know, people. You know, downcast people with an opportunity. Yeah. To you know, to, you know, to get out of their situation. And it's it's actually, they actually uh, step up uh, rep- recruiting uh, efforts to recruit just for uh, generals, even standing army, just to get people employed. And in right. a sense, the military has always been there for. Um, if you look at times of um, recession or even the Great Depression, what ended the Great Depression was uh, the start of World War Two, because uh, mm-hmm. the military is basically what um, put a lot of people back to work. Oh, exactly and, right. And basically um, help people make a living, just to survive, basically. Yeah. Just to su- survive in more ways yeah. than one. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, it's it's a good it's a good point to consider. Uh, as you know, as much as we don't want that to be the case, right? Uh, but you know, war does produce a lot of uh, money, right? 
for all parties involved, winners and losers. Uh, you know, the industry goes up. Um, I haven't looked into the economy, the, you know, the economic uh, part of that. And I probably should have, because uh, I don't want to say this without having done research, but I want, I'm going to assume it does have a positive effect on the economy because, like, uh, oh, like can, you said. Like you said. For sure, because... Cause, yeah. Yeah. The Great Depression uh, ended. And um, even after World War II, um, uh, basically there was a huge period of boom time from in the 50s which kind of ended in the 70s in the, in the oil crash, but that was like 20, 20 good years, maybe 30 good years of boom time. Oh, thanks yeah. Thanks to the war efforts and thanks to the people who uh, basically, all, all the all the war, you know, manufacturing, the uh, recruitment, they all had to keep manufacturing or uh, switch manufacturing to, you know, cars, appliances, mm-hmm. So that kept uh, like the economy going for a good thirty years, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, oh, uh, before we say anything else, can we get a, a time check? Oh, uh, we're on fifty-three minutes. Oh man, <laughs> okay. So we should probably <laughs> end it, uh, steer it towards the the end here. Um, I guess we kind of answered our own question um, with the necessity of a military thing. Uh, but just to reiterate, um, why don't we ask that again? So, do you think a military is necessity in this day and age? Uh, in the current atmosphere, I'd have to say yes. Although, like, this could change very quickly. I don't know. With the current oil crisis and everything, um, it could change either, you know, having to be more of a necessity or less of a necessity. So, uh, but I think in the current state of the world, um, where you know trust is very valuable, mm-hmm. uh, military seems to be consistently necessary. But I have to say, uh, Canada's spending on the military is just as we need. I don't think we need more yep. or less. That's just my opinion here. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, I don't think when, when we talk about necessity, I think we have to look at, uh, look at it on a spectrum. So the degree of necessity in this day and age isn't as high as it is, as it was, uh, back then, say a hundred years ago, where you had, um, constant threat of say invasion or, um, insurgency or uprisings or stuff like that so it's we need it to a far a far um, less active uh, degree right but that being said i do think it is a necessity as much as we don't want it to be but that's just the nature of the world and i don't think that's going to change time soon as pessimistic as that sounds it isn't all uh, roses and rainbows and flowers, unfortunately. So we will, we will, we will always need a, a method of protecting ourselves. And this is not an advocacy for um, letting everyone own their own rifles. No, I'm against that. Uh, for people who will take that out of context, 
no, I'm I am for gun control. Citizens should not have access to military grade firepower. Leave that to the people who actually defend the country. Please. The professionals. Uh, the professionals, right? <laughs> Don't take up arms yourself. Uh, so yeah, uh, in this day and age, military is needed to a slightly less uh, less degree, lesser degree, I would say. Um, and of course, um, as you mentioned, that could change at any given time. So it's probably always best to be safe than sorry, right? And yeah. maintain some degree of uh, armed forces that have a capability to uh, protect the country and launch a counteroffensive if need be. Hopefully that's never the case. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I don't have... Anything else to say, you? Do you have anything else to say? Uh, yeah, I think we should uh, just wrap it up here. Um, again, yeah, if you thought this podcast if was uh, good, if you uh, didn't like anything, please give us your uh, feedback. If you... Please do. Please do. If you And if you feel strongly against any of the points we made, uh, do comment or... Oh, man, you know what we really need? We really need a Twitter channel or something like that. <laughs> I think so. I think that's right? what we're missing. <laughs> that's but, what we're missing. <laughs> oh, but yes, please feel free because I was thinking uh, debate us. Another another podcast I was listening to have has a Twitter channel, and uh, I was thinking, uh, I think it's time for one. Yeah, we uh, well, we should probably get on that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we probably should. But yeah, uh, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. And please do comment and uh, let us know what you think. Um. Any tips on how to improve and, you know, or just general comments on uh, the topic we discussed today. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. And I guess we will see whenever we to record our next episode. Maybe next week. Maybe next uh, week. A couple days after next week. If we are, if we aren't all dead by then because of the COVID-19 virus. (laughs) (laughs) He laughs. (laughs) I'm uh, is, uh, not night. predicting the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we will hope to see you next time. Good morning, good evening, or good night. <laughs>